Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I, I suppose I'm kind of from the first sort of generation of kids to grow up with, I suppose, two parents of the same sex. It really, really wasn't a common thing when I was growing up. I didn't really clock that there was anything different to any of my peers until I was kind of later in primary school when I think I think I must have been in around year five and other kids started running away from me saying we'll catch the gay. <laughs> the th- what, what I would say is that my experience is a product of the time um, so with talking late 90s early 2000s being gay was not as accepted as it is now. Hello and welcome to Some Families, the LGBTQ plus and everything in between parenting podcast, which explores everything from starting a family, having a family, raising teenagers, being the child of somebody who was raised by gay parents, being at school, being bullied, trans parents, surrogacy, adoption, fostering, biological children, IVF, IUI, you name it, all the letters, all the acronyms, we're talking about it. We're asking the questions that you have always wanted to ask people and if while you're listening to us you have any feedback at all um, maybe we've said something that you disagree with or maybe you have a particular story to tell or a different point of view please don't hesitate to get in contact with us we really really want to hear from you you can find all of the details of how to contact us in the show notes or you can just find us on instagram at some families pod or on twitter the same handle or you can drop us an email at somefamilies at storyhunter.co.uk so thanks so much for being here and on that note Stu how are you and what's been going on in your life hi Lottie so again this week we are not seeing each other face to face however I am seeing you face to face through our fantastic video conferencing app we are still in the midst of our global pandemic so we are calling in this week to one another again the show will go on the game <laughs> parenting we're, show will go on we're literally the band on the titanic aren't we <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's been an interesting week again spending lots and lots of time with the kids at home my son this week in particular has 
he has been enjoying wearing his sister's clothes out in the garden, his dresses. Sweet. Yeah, it's super cute. It's something that I know that you and I have discussed previously as well about uh, dresses and little boys and dresses. And I must admit, I, I did have a point where... I was slightly unsure, if I'm just being completely honest, I was slightly unsure of how much I could embrace it. Um, mm. There was a slight niggle in the back of my brain, I think, which really surprised me because being a gay parent and being a queer parent and celebrating all forms of of identity, I think it surprised me because... I, I suppose it's how people would view me as a gay parent with with a son that that had that was wearing a dress, if I'm being completely honest. Mm, I think that's so interesting. And I, I can totally understand why you'd feel that. And it's almost like you feel like people are judging you and and that you have somehow pushed your gay agenda on on your kids and it's you know you're encouraging it. And and I think so often as gay parents we just want to be seen as quote unquote normal and I think Mm -hmm. kind of getting to that place of feeling like we don't owe society anything we don't have to fit this heteronormative idea of of family and that doesn't make us any less than I think is like a real milestone in our parenting um journey not to use the word journey again but this sense that actually we're queer and we love that and we're embracing that and we want our kids to experiment and be themselves and be individuals and be whatever queer means to them. Maybe they're straight, but maybe they still like wearing dresses and why not? hundred percent. So what do you think changed do you? Like, why do you think it was something that you just decided actually, do you know what? Let's go with this. It's what I believe in. I believe in celebrating identity and celebrating who you are and and I, the only thing that was stepping in my way, in my brain, was the fact that, exactly as you said, that, that people would feel that I was pushing my gay agenda on him, where it's been totally his own decision. He's picked it out of his sister's wardrobe. There's been nothing we've given him to, to entice him. And, you know, it's a beautiful dress. Why wouldn't he want to wear it and feel fabulous and fantastic in it? And... And I love that, and I love that about him, and I and I will always, I will support whatever he wants to do. So, and are you and your husband on the same page with it, or have you had any kind of conversations about how you manage it? We're completely on the same page about it. Uh, my husband's been just as supportive as I I am about it. I mean, at the end of the day, he's only two. He, you know, he's a two year old. He just wants to just wear whatever he wants to wear. And he's starting to have an opinion about what he wants to wear. And it just so happens it's a dress. Will he be doing this when he's four or five? Probably not. He may do. And if he does, we will, you know, 100% support him on that. He also loves to wear clips in his hair. And he wants an Elsa plait like his sister. But Adorable. Oh, my God. So cute. But unless we get him a bit of clip-on hair, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing that he's been doing this week, though, that I do need to work out how we sort out is for some reason he's developed this thing of calling his brother faggy and calling him (laughs) and calling him little faggy. And he just spends his whole day walking around going little faggy. 
Where's little Faggy? Faggy, Faggy. Oh my God. Where, the hell? Where has he got that from? I think it's come from Aggie. We, my, my daughter says Aggie all the time because we've said it to her. We say, stop getting so Aggie about things. And I think he's picked it up from her and twisted it into Faggy. And now oh he's calling God. his brother little Faggy. So, That's, I mean, if we're worried that... about pushing your gay agenda, Steve, <laughs> that is another level. <laughs> it's my son in a dress calling people little faggy. <laughs> I love it. Oh. But actually, talking about gay agenda or influence we can have on our children's life, I'm so excited about this week's guest. We are talking to someone called Mike, who is 32 and was raised by two women. And I'm super excited to speak to him because obviously myself and my wife are raising our daughter and I have so many questions for him. He's probably going to wish he never agreed to come on our podcast. But Mike actually works in the podcast industry. He works for Acast, which hosts our podcast. So he knows the score. And he's up for he it. He knows what he's getting self in for. Hey, hey guys, thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. So do you want to just start maybe by telling us a bit about your upbringing, who you called your parents and um, where you grew up and anything else you'd like to share with us? So I, I suppose I'm kind of from the first sort of generation of kids to grow up with, I suppose, two parents of the same sex it really really wasn't a common thing when I was growing up um, so for context I'm from Portsmouth which is a small city on the south coast for anybody that doesn't really know I was around five years old when my mum and dad broke up and the reason they broke up was because my mum came out and said hey I'm gay um, obviously the right thing to do was to kind of uh, split up and divorce at that point in time and then within a couple of years, um, my mum met her current partner, Caroline, who has essentially been my mum for the last 25 years. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I've lived the majority of my life uh, having two mums and obviously went through all the ups and downs that life has to throw at you. Um, with that being my experience, it's been, you know, a journey um, and there have been moments where, you know, I realised that I wasn't in the same situation as a lot of my peers and friends. When, when I was growing up, being, being gay was not as accepted as it is now. It was a completely different ball game. Um, and growing up through that and, and, and coming to the time we're at now where, you know, it's, it's a relatively accepted um, part of society. And I'd be really shocked if somebody had something bad to say. Yeah, it was, it was very different. I suppose that's a good summary. It was different. Mm. When did you first realise that it was something different or did you know kind of as soon as it happened and your your mum's partner moved in that this was not what your friends were experiencing? Really interesting you should say that actually because um, I didn't really clock that there was anything different to any of my peers until I was kind of later in primary school when I think I think I must have been in around year five this brings me back to an experience when I, I was in the playground and I think somebody's mum or dad or parent had been talking and other kids started running away from me saying we'll catch the gay I didn't know what gay was at the time um unbeknownst to me I, I'm now a gay man and you know I'm gonna get married soon and all of that stuff I had no idea what gay was at this point in time um and up until then, I don't think I'd ever realised that there was anything 
different about my upbringing until that moment when people were saying, we think we're going to catch the gay from you. Because <laughs> um, obviously my mum my was dating before she met her current partner. She, she was dating. I, I know that um, women had come round and they'd go out for the night. We'd be left with a babysitter on the odd Saturday and she'd introduce us. Oh, this is my friend. Da, da, da. Um, but I'd, I'd never really thought of it as anything other. Oh, this is my mum's friend, you know. And until the point where Caroline became part of our lives and my my mum was obviously in a committed long-term relationship and, and Caroline became my stepmom and and my mum and I would call her my own biological mother now. But yeah, we, did, we didn't realise there was anything different, really. Um, I'm speaking for my brother here as well. I don't think either of us realised anything was different until the moment I was at school and kids brought it up as, as an issue, which is really sad, but that is how I think I realised. Yeah. I, I thought, okay, so this isn't this isn't how my friends live at five years old you start to kind of go to your friends houses for dinner or whatever it might be and you you see their setup and I realize ah this isn't this isn't the same there's something different here do you remember how that made you feel at the time I think I was actually indifferent until until I'd had that moment in the playground that I was just saying about I think I up until that point I was completely indifferent to it it was just like oh that's how it is I was so young I think I think at that age you What's great about kids, and I think you'll agree, is that they're so innocent and they don't put judgment on anything at all until they, they're taught it by example. I think you don't grow up with that as an innate trait. Like, you're not a dick by birth. You, you have to be taught to be a dick. Um, somebody has to teach you that behaviour. So at that age, yeah, it's just one of those things. You just kind of accept it. Oh, well, this must be normal then, because this is, this is how it is. So did you speak to your mums about that? as well so I think what's interesting here is that I didn't really even question things until I got a little bit older so when I got a little bit older obviously I started to realize that my friends had a mum and a dad most of them did um some of them might have had a single parent that that was looking after them usually a mum and it was strange for me that I had two mums and I realized there was a difference there and I did broach the subject and I, I remember actually but there was a conversation at one point where you know, they sat me down and said, we're gay. Um, this is this is what being gay is. Um, it wasn't as frank as I'd have liked it to be. I mean, I think if, if, if I could go back in time and kind of engineer how this would have happened, it would have been, this is how it is. This is our relationship. Some people um, like members of the opposite sex. Some people like, it's, it's the gay chat. It's the classic gay chat. Um, and we happen to be gay and this is why we live together and we love each other. But, you know, that doesn't mean we love you any different. It was never it was never really kind of explained in that way. It was just a kind of this is my partner now. She's going to be living with us. We're gay. And that's it. And I, th- I think at that point in time, you're, you're so young, you don't really. You don't question it. And, and I think that's a great thing because you've, you've not really been poisoned. Mm. I suppose. Did you bond quite easily with your mum's partner when she came into your life? Yeah, she was great. Just brilliant. And I I just remember really getting on with her so well. And she wanted to evolve us as much as possible from day one. She was she was so you could tell that she adored us as kids from day one. It was it was fantastic. Really was. Did you have just interestingly like thinking about myself and my wife and our separate relationships with our daughter did you feel that you had a different kind of relationship with both of them like one was more who you went to for like 
comfort and the other one was the person you went to for more like rough and tumble or like was there like divisions of their roles in that way really strangely no actually it was it was a very I think I think early on obviously you develop trust with someone just as people who have got a step parent would 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 know you you develop trust with your step parent over time and then and then you can become more kind of intimate and close with them and you can share more with them but in terms of roles, there's the the mother, the mum and the dad, not in that sort of gender sense, but a lot of people, you know, who have a mum and a dad, the dad will want to play sports with them and then they'll they'll have more of a kind of intimate sort of emotional relationship with their mum. And for me, that was never the experience. It's always been kind of both parents were always there and, and available for me at any time for both purposes. Um, it, it was about who's free, you know. Yeah, and I think... I, th- I think that was a great thing because it meant there was always somebody available no matter what. Mm. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm busy right now. And you're like, well, I need to wait until you're free for me to be able to, you know, talk to you about this issue because I could just go to the other parent. And to be fair to them both, they were always pretty free and always available and always around for me to talk to. And, and I still can to this day. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So talk to us about school then, Mike. So what was the experience like when you were at school and going through this at home? Um, it wasn't great at points. Um, the the majority of the time it was absolutely fine. Um, so I did have that kind of early early exposure to homophobia and what that looks like. Um, then when I moved on to secondary school, and as, as you expect, people get more boisterous. And, and like I said, the context of this is it was 15, 20 years ago when we were living in a different world. We used to get phone calls in the middle of the night at like two, three in the morning from unknown numbers and essentially homophobic abuse down the phone and it would be people that I'd gone to probably people that I'd gone to school with and shared my phone number with calling our house in the middle of the night 
spewing homophobic insults to, to my mums and then laughing and hanging up. And that went on for years. Actually, I think the last time it ever happened, I must have been like 16 years old. Um, obviously, people grow up eventually and stop doing stuff like that. But, you know, it wasn't... Some people awful. do. Yeah, well, some that's it. Do. Yeah, luckily some people. And, you know, um, but yeah, that, that was really horrible. Um, at the same time, obviously, I'm going through my own internal struggles with my sexuality because I, I hadn't quite clocked that... I mean, looking back, it was obvious, but I hadn't quite clocked that I was gay at that point. So um, it set me back personally as well. Experiencing homophobia, even if it's not towards yourself, is quite damaging to, to, to someone of that kind of formative age. And yeah, it's almost dealing with the homophobia and dealing with the people calling you gay or calling your mums yeah. out as gay before you've even internalised it yourself and worked out how you are feeling as a gay man yeah and, and that, that's actually that's actually something that um i think i i was speaking to someone about this a while ago and what what i realized was that even i whilst obviously struggling with my own sexuality i i remember uh, hearing comments from from people about about them and kind of turning it and using it against them. I, I remember my mum my always wore jeans. She always wore, doc she was, this is the night, like I'm talking like the nineties and early two thousands when like, you know, gay women, the trend was Doc Martin boots. My mum had a row of like 10 pairs of Doc Martins in various states of wear. And I remember people making comments about those things. And I would say, oh, why do you always wear those boots? You know, what, can't you wear some nice heels? And that would come from people that I was at school with that would have made comments. Um, and it's, it's almost as though that, in, that, that homophobia was internalised by me, which is really horrible, to be honest mm. with you. Like, it's really, really mm. horrible. And how did it affect you coming out to your mums? Did you, because, I mean, one would assume that it would just be super easy because they're gay and so therefore it's easy for you to be like, hey, I'm gay too. No, it wasn't easy at all. I couldn't say the word. When I, I remember the day I came out and I, I drove to my auntie's house because she was like the super liberal family member, the one that like used to live in London in the 60s and was, you know, partying down every weekend and I, I knew I could say anything so I drove to her first of all and you think that I'd be able to tell my mums because you know they're gay and I have no idea why I found it so difficult it was actually a really tough thing to do um I think one one thing that would have made it harder is the fact that I hadn't been exposed to any gay men my my mum's friends were predominantly women I think I'd met one gay man um in in my entire life to be honest with you up until that point so it made it a little bit harder but it was really difficult I couldn't say the words I, I, I know that they both knew full well what I was about to say but I couldn't say the words and and you'd think and every everybody says to me oh you must have found it so easy to come out and it would have been like oh well you know it's fine it was not at all it was really difficult but then the context of this is that I had a dad and I had a stepmom on the other side of the family that weren't quite as supportive perhaps. Do you think you worried that your dad would feel that you were gay because of your mum, that it was her fault? Yes, actually. I think that's a big part of it. And um, interestingly, he, when I came out, he's kind of since taken this all back and has apologised and, you know, it's all fine. 
Um, I remember when I came out, he actually said to me, oh, I bet your mum and Caroline are bloody happy about this, aren't they? As if I'd been groomed to be a gay man. It's, yeah. you know, it's a, even you can be brought up into the most accepting, loving, liberal, modern family and still have problems with those those kinds of things. And that, that's nothing to do with your upbringing. It's to do with external factors. And it's the people outside of your family that you really have to worry about because they're still peers you know people have friends and if friends are thinking or saying a certain thing you are affected by it and you're influenced by it one thing I wanted to ask is how you feel about the new so the new education policies that are coming into place as part of relationship education children in schools are going to be taught about all sorts of families and all sorts of relationships including queer families I mean how much of a difference do you think that would have made to you at school having that in place I mean, yeah, I, I, I wish, I absolutely wish that that was, that was part of the curriculum when I was growing up. I was never taught that, that people could have two mums or two dads growing up. Never taught that. And, and actually, funnily, when, when, when I grew up, um, I was never taught that people could just have a mum or just have a dad. You know, it was always mum and dad. And that's it. That's what a family looks like. Anything outside of that is not a family. That's just a person. Yeah. You know, um, the, the other background to this is I went to Catholic school, um, which obviously was never going to talk about anything outside of the, uh, the atomic family unit prescribed by Jesus. Um, so that, that, that meant that I was never exposed to anything, anything at all to do with um, LGBTQ relationships or identities. It was never, ever really spoken about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, had that been, you know, part part and parcel of law and and you know put into the, the curriculum when I was at school you know things could have been really different and I think mm. it's so amazing that that kids can go to school now and if they're in the situation that I was in they can be made to to feel that they're not outliers and they're not abnormal and their family is is a normal and loving and perfectly fine family um I think also it's it's the effect that it has on third parties as well you know like educating the people that were the ones that were running away from me in the playground or the ones that were that were phoning us up at four in the morning you know saying oh you're a lesbian you know that's what has more of an impact in my opinion it's about it's about educating the people that that are the ones that usually would cause all of the the trouble and when they feel like stuff's normal it's not it's less likely they're going to use it as a sort of weapon against other people that are different mm -hmm. to them especially if they've had it from a young age as well so it does just become life somebody has two mums somebody has two dads somebody has one mum etc etc then it never even becomes an issue and that's it and I think you know if I mean I wish I wish so much that that was that was a normal thing when I was growing up I really do um but, you know, I was shielded from it. I was always, I was aware that that there were people out there that hated gay people. And, you know, God was I aware, you know, it, it happened. You know, I witnessed it, you know, firsthand sometimes. You know, I was made aware of those things, but also taught, you know, this is what some families look like. And it was great. One thing that was great is that my, some of my mum's friends also had kids. So I wasn't the only person that I knew that had two mums. You know, I had a couple of friends that also had two mums, but that's because it, they were in the same friendship group, you know. Um, but it was you had a network. 
Yeah, that's it. I had a network. That's the good way to describe it. Is I had a network of of kind of friends and acquaintances that were in the same boat as me. And I, th- I think actually that's really really important. It's it's actually akin to when you um, when you're gay. It's really important to have a network of of gay friends that you can kind of reflect your experiences on each other and it's a support network I suppose I don't think you ever want to feel like you're the only person in your situation um so just being exposed to people in that same in with that same setup is you know really really useful so Mike I was wondering if you had any advice for me as a gay parent um you know my wife and I we just want to get it right you know and Maybe there's something that you experienced with having two mums or that you didn't experience that you wish you had that maybe you could impart your wisdom to me. Yeah, I think the th- what, what I would say is that my experience is a product of the time. Um, so with talking late 90s, early 2000s, you know, I'm in my 30s now. Um, at the time, there was no information out there about nobody was ever going to tell me that the the, the setup that my family had was normal and is fine. And this is what some families look like. I think, you know, kids now have the benefit of, you know, the messaging out there is that this is actually absolutely normal. And, you know, you've got nothing to be ashamed of. You're part of a loving family. But I think, I think something that would have been really, really useful for me was that frank, honest conversation very early on. Like, this is what this is. This, you are going to be, when you go to school, your friends are going to have families that probably look very different to ours. And that's fine. And that's because of X, Y, and Z. I think just, I think spelling it out and not worrying about um, confusing your kids because they, they don't get, kids don't get confused. That's, that's a myth. I don't think kids do get confused about things like this. If you say anything to a kid and they're like, oh, cool. So my, my um, nieces and nephews have all, um, this is from my stepmom side of the family they've all grown up knowing that I'm gay and and they've never had any obviously they've never been confused about it of course not you know it's I have a partner and we're going to get married and they're like oh cool they're like it's not an issue and I think but I I just think it's I think it's just extremely important that kids know that they don't need to be told that they're different I don't think that's the case I I think they need to be told that and and it it works the same thing goes for straight straight families I think that you know you've got a mum and a dad it's their responsibility to tell kids that there are families that don't look like ours some people have two mums some people have two dads some people have one mum one dad some people have neither some people have a guardian you know um and I think it works both ways and I think it's also for same-sex parents it's important to tell kids that our family doesn't look like the majority of families out there and that's fine. Um, I think as time goes on, that's becoming less and less necessary. Um, but I would have benefited from it from that early stage to realise that you know I am different, but it's fine. And and no matter what anyone says, it's not a problem. And I can always go to them with concerns if somebody says anything. Because at the time, I remember when the kind of the homophobic stuff was happening when I was at school I didn't realize I could just go to them and say by the way this is happening and something might have been done about it so it's it's really I think it's an acknowledgement of of the points of difference to your families compared to your your kids peers 
but really just offering that sort of open forum I suppose mm. I think my mum's a lot more my, my biological mum is a lot more sentimental and that kind of you know the sort of schmooshikins cheek pulley kind of relationship whereas whereas Caroline has always been I can have a laugh and I call her up and I'll have a laugh and a joke with her for for like an hour on the phone just talking absolute nonsense um so yeah it has developed that way I'm always able to kind of reach out to them both on an emotional level and that's never been a problem. But yeah, we, we do have, you know, they, they're, diff- they're different people as well, I think. So we've talked about kids at school and we've talked about the homophobia and, and the ignorance that was thrown to you from school kids. But Mike, if you don't know, Aunt Sally is that person that always comes up and asks the most ridiculous questions. So since school, have you... Have you had a lot of experience of people giving you Aunt Sally questions at inappropriate moments? So it's funny because I have an Aunt Sally. (laughs) (laughs) That's the person that I drove to when I came out that I was referring to early on. Um, Oh, well, we love that Aunt Sally. That Aunt Sally can stay. Actually, if anything, it's always been the opposite. People have been like, oh, I would have thought you'd been straight. You know, (laughs) because if you're living with two women who... Are going to influence you to like women then you would have ended up straight if it works that way which we all know it doesn't you know so yeah um i've been really lucky on that front actually mike thank you so so much for coming on our podcast and talking to us i've personally really found it lovely and reassuring and wonderful to hear your experience and um thank you for your advice and for being so open and honest with us thank you so much for having me on it was um it was great strangely i've never really had the opportunity to speak about it in that way before so yeah it's, it's quite nice like a weight's been well you you're a great role model for lesbian mums for sure you're a good looking guy you're articulate thank you're you. wearing a nice jumper they did well <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> Do you know, I think Mike is the first adult I've ever met who was brought up by same-sex parents. Same, I think it's the first person that I've spoken to who exactly says has grown up with gay parents. Isn't that crazy given how many people that we know in the world that it's so rare still or of that generate of the generation before us? I think it's the generation thing. I think that now we know and we know of so many people that are going through parenting or our parents and we're talking about a different generation. So Mike is in his early 30s. So we're talking about the mid 80s when he was born and his and his mum's got together. So that was a very, very different time, especially for gays, lesbians as well, but also for gay men in the AIDS era. And so I think now the explosion of gay parenting is a is a fact of the steps that we've taken and the rights that we now have as as LGBTQ plus people. Mm. I found it really reassuring talking to him. Um, one that he's such a sorted, articulate and um sort of great role model for being the kid of gay parents um but also it was really nice to hear his advice and just to kind of think what can 
my wife and I do with our daughter to just make sure that we make it as easy for her as possible, I guess. And like, mm. I really liked his advice of just being really open and honest with her. And I think I can imagine myself going the other way of trying to pretend so much that we're normal and like not bring it up with her as anything not normal. And you do that with the best intentions. But I guess Mike's point was like, actually he would have quite liked it if they'd addressed the fact that this was a bit different and that's okay. And so I, what I've kind of taken from speaking to Mike is like to lean into the, the discomfort or the difficulty in some ways and not make it something that it's not okay to talk about. And, and just from a really early age, lay the foundations for that being a conversation that we can always have. Yeah, celebrate the difference. Celebrate the fact that you are queer parents and that that is that is who you are and that's who your you know your daughter will be your daughter will be the product of two fabulous queer women and yeah. that's that's a that's a great thing to to celebrate we're in a place where hopefully especially by the time that we're talking about another 15 years as well we're mm. well, 10 10 12 years to our lot are at that kind of teenager age at school so who knows what the world is going to be like then I thought it was interesting. So I, 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 I didn't share a story that I had actually when we were talking about my own stepmom. It just made me laugh when you were talking to him about how he embraced Caroline when she first moved in, and it made me think as my my dad's partner when she moved in with my dad. I was four, and her name's Gwen, and I always used to spell it Gwen, and. <laughs> In a complete psycho weird moment, one night I woke up early and I wrote go home Gouin over four packs of post-it notes and stuck them over the entirety of my dad's flat. <gasps> so she woke up in the morning with this like weird, like in a horror film, go home <laughs> Gouin everywhere. <laughs> so sometimes this, kids don't react to step parents in the same way. <laughs> what's your relationship like now with Gwen? it's good it's good she's with my dad still they've been together for 30 years now plus so yeah and we laugh about it now yeah. and she she says she's my wicked stepmother and we have jokes about it but well I love speaking <laughs> to Mike and I think it's given me a, a warmth and a positivity to think about because even through everything that he went through he still said that he had a very positive childhood and he still had a very positive and he's obviously a very well-rounded, very handsome uh, individual now. So it gives me a lot of hope that, you know, that the future that our children are going to go into is one that's going to be very happy. And I'm, I'm super happy about that. Hopefully our podcast today will have brought you some comfort or sense of togetherness and community at this particularly challenging and disconnected time that we're all experiencing. So I hope you've all got the same warm feeling inside that Stu and I have right now after talking to Mike. And Stu, on that note, it's been really lovely to see you, even though we're on a video conferencing platform you too Lottie and I just want to add just quickly before we sign off if you've listened to Mike's story and you yourself have been 
raised by gay parents and feel you have a completely different version of events or a different slant that you want to put on things you we want to hear from everyone so please get in contact we are at some families pod on instagram and twitter or you could email us at some families at storyhunter.co.uk we really want to hear from all of you we really want to hear from lots of different families and people who've been through similar yet different experiences take care everybody look after yourselves bye bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.